What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Marshall Time, episode 26. Man, on any regular day, we know what the headline would be on this January 23rd, a 70-piece put up by our guy, Joel B. But the NBA, as always, the script is always scripting with news. Never a dull moment. The Bucks are going to have a new head coach. Adrian Griffin has been fired. This is a team that's, what, second place in the Eastern Conference? 30 and 13. 30 and 13, doing well. And they said, nah, we could do better. We also got a trade, the Miami Heat making a trade, a contender in the Eastern Conference. It's looking like with the addition of Terry Rozier, we'll talk about that. Tristan Thompson got suspended for uh, steroids, too. I don't know if you saw that. I saw that. <laughs> so, yeah, let's listen. I had to double check his stat line to see where the steroids was going to, right? I couldn't leave him alone. I couldn't understand it, but he's on the back burner for today. Any other day, any of those stories would be like top news in the NBA. But first, we got to give respects. We got to give love. We got to give flowers to the big fella, Joel Embiid, a.k.a. The Process. I mean, as Sixers fan, we've seen AI put up major points, dropping 60 points. I never imagined that I would see a 76ers player drop 70 points, at least seeing it in my lifetime, right? And to see this, to witness this, it was something to see, man. Like, a lot of conversation about, okay, this means nothing when it comes to the playoffs. We can talk about that later. But just what Joel has been through, he represents the process. He is the process, right? We understand when he had to sit out when he first came to Philly. We understood the struggles early on. and But for him to develop from a late bloomer to the game, developing at Kansas, the uncertainties with his injuries entering his career. Now, I mean, he's a top two player in the NBA, right? And the top two guys are the two big fellas, right? Is that fair? I mean, the Joker and Embiid, those are two guys that that's the matchup that we all want to see. Out of any individual matchups, it's that matchup. And what Joel did last night just further cements himself as, honestly, the most dominant scorer in the NBA. I love how he's been able to develop that mid-range. That free throw shot is pretty much automatic at this point, right? Like he does his little one, two dribbles and he's pulling up. You can't, you can't defend it, right? It's almost like seeing Kawhi during that finals run with Toronto, seeing Kawhi pull up for those jumpers. I think it's going in. And Joel to me is in that bag right now. Averaging, I think, 36 points a game right now at this point, which is insane when you think about it. Um every it seems like the past two years, the question is like, oh. Does Joel have another gear? Is this the best we've seen Joel? I thought last year was the best we would have seen him, right? This year, he has a whole nother level that he's tapped into, and it's promising to see. The only thing that can stop him, honestly, is health, right? And so we pray that the health is still there for him. But if it is, man, this is MVP status back-to-back. -back. I don't think there's any questioning um, what he's doing this year. He would get my MVP vote as of this moment. And 70 points is just, man, as far as historical moments in this league, Joel Embiid has put up his name with the Wilts, the Kobe's, the Devin Booker's, right? David Robinson had a 70-point performance too. So it was just amazing to see. Yeah, man, that was awesome last night. And, you know, the big storyline for the game was him versus Wimby. And give credit to Wimby, man, because he had a good game too. Like, he had a decent game, but – you know, and B showed him like, yo, this is the league. Like, you know, you got a lot of potential. You know, you got a lot of hype, but you want to put some more work in. He's going to have to hit the weight room. He's going to have to get better, man, because B came to show. And Pop, you know, Pop was talking a little bit, you know, before the game. I think that turned Embiid up too. 
But for him to just get 70 and just the different ways he did it, man, shooting three, shooting middies, and one, drawing fouls, putbacks. You know what I mean? For a seven-footer to be able to drop 70 in today's NBA, like, you know, back in the day, you would say, okay, he's dropping 70, you know, he's in the paint, he's getting a lot of, you know, post buckets, you know what I mean, close to the room, but he's doing it from all over the court. And just to see how skilled he is, for somebody who picked up a basketball late, like, you got to remember, man, he came He came to the NBA, I mean, he came to America, you know, when he was hitting his teenage years to play ball, and then you can even look at his clips from Montverde, they got highlights from when he was on JV, not looking like he knew what he was doing on the court. Like he's shooting behind the backboard, just looking goofy. You know what I mean? But for him to just pick up, you know, basketball, like the skill that he has and the footwork he has at his height is just amazing. And um, I just hope he keeps it going, man, into the playoffs because that's all he really needs. And I was thinking about it last night. Like he's a playoff run away, like a playoff run with a finals away from being considered one of the best ever. And he's still in his prime. When you really look at him, look at the numbers, look at his impact on both sides of the court. And if he can capitalize on a finals run and actually win a chip, lead the Sixers to a chip, a team that hasn't won a chip since the 80s, it's hard to argue against him not being one of the greatest ever. You know what I mean? So I just hope he puts it together. It's just a mental thing with him because we see it on the court. Like he can go at whoever, he can dominate whoever. It's just will he stay focused mentally? And I've seen the maturity, you know, in his in his leadership. I've seen the maturity in the way he acts. We know when he first got to the league and he was with us, it was like he's goofing off on Twitter. You know what I mean? He's he's into the theatrics. But now it's like he just looks so focused. And even in the game, like, you could tell he's just focused on dominating and winning. Because even yesterday, watching that game, it was like he was passing the ball still. It wasn't like he was literally trying to take every shot. Maybe when he got to 60, he was like, all right, I got to get 70. But that wasn't a 470 points. Like, I'm watching – some of his best plays were his passes. If you really look at the game, if you really watch the game, some of his best highlights were from him passing. But his teammates just always found a way for him to get the ball back. So, you know what I mean? People can say what they want. I still want him to do it in the playoffs too. Don't get me wrong. But you got to enjoy this moment, man. Like, this is awesome. This is awesome basketball right here. Yeah, it, it, you know, what What he's been able to do, and he, he has something that all the great players have. They have that – like I said, that that midi, that that foul line, that area, that that jumper, that's something that he's really tapped into, and that I think really is proven to be an unstoppable situation for a defense. Like, what, you know, what are you going to do, right? And when he wants to overpower you, he can overpower you. There's nobody in this league that can defend him. You know what I mean? And so he's not going to score seventy points every night, right? <laughs> like, let's not let's not we're not saying that, but the same energy and focus that we saw last night and that impact, if you translate that into a playoff series, it can go a long way to where, listen, be on my back. I'm a carry us. Let's get it done. And what he's showing me this year to me, I thought last year was peak Joel, but this year is, I had, I got, I got to change that. This, this is the best Joel we've seen like all around offense He's in shape. This is the best shape I've seen him in. Um, he's mentally focused. There's a maturity level to it. And every champion has to go through steps, right? MJ didn't win him right away, right? There were steps that he had to take. He had to go through the, you know, the Pistons. He had to go through these struggles, right? Every champion, LeBron had to go through steps. The Nuggets had to go through steps, right? Um, we're seeing, you know, Giannis had to go through. Like, there are, there are steps that these teams have to take, that these individual players have to take. And, this would be the perfect year for Joel to do it, right? You won the MVP last year. A lot of doubts now, like, it means nothing. 
Joel's at a point now, he, he's reached that echelon of players to where it doesn't matter what you do in a regular season. People don't, they don't, they're not going to buy it. They don't believe in it. Right. So he's at that point in his career, whether right or wrong, honestly, it's, 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 it's a testament to how great you are because we expect greatness in the big moments. Right. And so Joel's at that point now to where it's like, all right, every great player reaches that point. We did it with LeBron, right? Okay, LeBron. What about the championships, right? Um, yeah, outside of Miami, you don't have Wade and Bosch. You do it in Cleveland now. Now what, right? Every step of the way, there are going to be question marks for these great players. And this is the big hurdle for Joel. And if and when he does it, oh my goodness. Just, just I can't imagine what that's going to feel like as a franchise, for the city, for the area, and for Joel as well. And so we'll talk about the playoffs when that comes. But right now, just appreciate what he's been able to do. Very few guys have been able to score 70 points in the NBA. I don't care what era, who you're playing against. That's hard to do, one individual. And so kudos to you, Joel Embiid. Um, the next item, let's talk about the trade of Terry Rozier. Scary Terry going to the Heat. The Hornets are going to get Kyle Lowry, who's probably not going to stay in Charlotte. He'll probably be a buyout candidate or traded to another team. They do get a protected 2027 first-round pick, and I believe it becomes unprotected in 2028. Scary Terry is one of those guys, man, it's like when you're watching these teams who aren't playoff contenders, it's like, but they always have a guy that if he can get into a playoff rotation, he'll be great, right? Like the Jordan Clarksons, the Terrence Rosses before he retired, right? Like there's, there's certain guys like they're cooking in these teams that have no chance, right, or going nowhere. But if the right situation, if they get into a playoff rotation, you can get a team over the hump. And so with Terry Rozier, he's the perfect guy, right? Like he's the perfect, he's a 20 point per game scorer, a guy that can go off at any given moment. Miami's already a team that you don't want to play in the playoffs, right? You put a Terry Rozier in that situation in Miami who screams heat culture, right? Like he's a guy who is not afraid of the moment. He's going to make big shots. Add him with Jimmy, with Tyler Hero. I mean, the rookie from UCLA, Ami Haquez, like, once again, Miami is not a team you want to fool around with, especially in the early round. And so for me, I love this deal for Miami. Another scoring option to take the load off of Jimmy Butler and, and Tyler Hero. Man, I'm I'm excited to see it. Miami is a league pass must watch for me, especially now. And so kudos for Pat Riley and for them getting the deal done. This was a great pickup. The Eastern Conference, I will say, just got more interesting because obviously Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, the Cavaliers are hooping without Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. We'll see if that's the real deal or not. And Deanna with Siakam. The Knicks are playing really well. So the East to me is going to be fun. I think it's going to come down to health and matchups. Um, but the Eastern Conference with this with this news right here, it's going to be fun. I'm excited to see how, how it plays out. Yeah, me too, man. That was just a big move for them. And it, it's a steal, honestly. It's just a straight-up steal. Like, they got – one of the best scorers at his position in the game on a team that's already, I mean, he are contenders every year. We know what's going on. And they they did nothing but just add more scoring. They took out Kyle Lowry, who, you know, he's a cool veteran presence for them. You know, he's been there, you know, for years. He has championship DNA, cool. But they elevated to a 20-plus point-per-game scorer that can get high at any moment. And we know how it is in the playoffs. And them have court situations, late game, late game situations. You need somebody to get a bucket. Maybe Jimmy doesn't have it going. Maybe Hero doesn't have it going. Guess what? We got Terry Rozier. 
he hit three in a row, changed the whole game. And that's just really what it's all about, especially for this trade, because all they did all they did was give up Lowry and a pick, right? So it's gonna be interesting for the Heat. It, that definitely, you know, moves them up as you know, as much as a dangerous team. You know what I mean? So I mean, we're gonna see what it's about. Um, I still wanna see like how how their defense will look. We know with Rozier on the court, maybe Hero on the court at the same time. Like I know they'll have Jimmy, I know they have Bam, but you know Rozier and Tyler aren't the best defenders. So you know, right. but I'm sure you know Spoelstra he'll find a way to stagger the minutes to where they're not all on the court at once. You know what I mean? But hey, man, Terry Rozier is better than Kyle Lowry at this point. It's a direct upgrade. Play the same position. The ones that's going to give you more firepower. So that's just an A plus plus trade for them on the Hornet side. I mean, hey, they got the pick. Um, I believe Lowry has an expiring contract, so you know that helped them out with the little money situation. I'm not sure who's coming to Charlotte this summer, but hey, I mean, free up some cap space. Why not? They weren't doing nothing with Terry anyway. Might as well get rid of him, free up that cap space, get some capital. Uh, interesting thing about Lowry, though, I read earlier that a couple teams that are contenders can't even buy him out. I believe it was the Bucks, the Suns. Um, yeah. Let me look at the rest of the list because I was looking at it. It was the Bucks, the Suns, Boston, and Denver. They can't buy him out um, because his salary exceeds the mid-level exception. So that was just interesting to me. So some of these contenders can't even buy him out. They'll have to, you know, make a trade for him or whatever. But it, there still are some contenders that could make a trade for him. So it, it'd be interesting to see where he lands because we know he's not staying in Charlotte. Yeah, he's not. He's definitely not. Man, it, you know, you think about the Heat. They lost Gabe Vincent and Max Strews. Gabe Vincent, obviously, he's not – he's been – you know, he hasn't been healthy in L.A. Strews playing well for Cleveland, but – Rozier, the thing about Miami is that they just have those guys in the big moments. They don't they don't fold on the pressure. Those big lights, the Duncan Robinsons, right? We saw what Max Struess and Gabe Vincent did last year against, uh, you know, against Boston especially, right? And so Terry Rozier is just right from that club. Like he's a guy that will silence. He's not one when it's you, you know, game five on the road, closeout game, elimination game. He can silence a crowd on the road. You know what I mean? And so they they just have a roster full of those guys. And that's what makes this Miami team so dangerous come playoff time, because playoff time is a different situation. Like the stakes are higher, like the regular season is cool and all. But you're truly tested in a seven game series when every make or miss really is crucial. <laughs> like, And we've seen players have great regular seasons come playoff time. They have those moments as Sixers fans. We've seen it. We don't need to talk about it. But there are certain guys, and Terry Rozier is one of them, no matter the situation, no matter if you're home or away, playoff game, game seven, whatever, he doesn't change. And so that's what makes Miami dangerous. You know Jimmy Butler's going to ball. You know Tyler Hero does not care. He will cook you whenever, wherever. And Terry Rozier is cut from the same cloth, and then they always have these, these hidden gems that step up out of nowhere, right? And so Miami's going to be dangerous. Indiana, I want to see how Siakam, you know, gets with Indiana, but that'll be fun. New York is going to be tough. We got I was going to talk about the Cavaliers today, but obviously we have so much more to talk about, but the Cavs are on a roll right now. We got to see if that's the real deal, because if so, that could be another dangerous Eastern Conference team right there. And so I like what Miami did. The matchups are going to be important when it comes to the Eastern Conference, um, because Milwaukee, which we'll talk about next, that's not a guarantee that they'll make it out the East at this point, right? Um, the Sixers, we know how great they're playing, how great Embiid's playing, but 
would you be confident in saying a first round series against Miami? That's not going to be easy. <laughs> like it's just not right. And so the first round matchups for a lot of these Eastern conference teams, it could be interesting. And so I'm, I'm just excited to see how it plays out now to the bucks. As we just mentioned, fired Adrian Griffin, just 43 games into the season. They were 30 and 10. 30 and 13. 30 and 13. The hilarious thing about it to me was just doing the reading former Sixers coach Doc Rivers is a potential candidate uh, to take over. But apparently he was a consultant for Griffin. This was at the Bucks' request. And so it's like the guy that you asked to consult could possibly take over for that same guy. It's like, man, what type of consult <laughs> consulting was Doc doing? You know what I mean? Obviously it didn't help too much, but um, for me, the Bucs situation is interesting. You make a big deal when it comes to Drew Holiday for Dame Lillard. Obviously, when you talk about defensively, they're lacking. Well, what, what did you expect? That was the conversation. When you get rid of a Drew Holiday and, and you bring in a Dame, they're trading defense for offense, so this shouldn't come as a, as a shock. Look at the rest of this roster. Giannis, yeah. Brooke Lopez, yeah. But outside of that, Malik Beasley isn't stopping anybody, right? Like So the frustrations and the conversations centering around the Bucs' struggles defensively like, what, what did you expect? And so, okay, you make this move with Doc Rivers. There was a – saw a tweet that Dame has struggled with adjusting to the Bucks style of offense. Well, Dame has played his whole career being the focal point of an offense, right? Dame time. We know what that is. What did you expect? Like, he's in his 30s at this point. He's used to playing a certain style. So you bring a new coach in midseason – I'm just not going to automatically say their problems go away because the personnel is the personnel. You know what I mean? And so Chris Middleton isn't what he used to be health, health wise. I mean, his body, he's had to go through some injuries, right? You count on him to be that third guy at this point consistently. I don't know. Right. And so to me, the bucks are going to be the bucks because you have Giannis. That's just, that speaks for itself. But outside of that, the Dame struggles, the defensive struggles, it is what it is. You got to deal with it or make a move. I don't care who at this point, who I don't think there's going to be a miracle worker for the Bucks right now. For the Bucks to do what they want to do, it's going to come down to Dame and Giannis figuring things out. Because honestly, Doc Rivers ain't the answer. We've we, like we've seen the upgrade just by having Nick Nurse with the Sixers. We like we we see it and Tyrese Maxey and Tobias. We see it with the overall play, right? And so I don't think Doc Rivers is going to be this magical miracle worker. The Bucks better make a move if they really want to figure things out. That's that's where I stand on it. Yeah, I mean, you hit it right on the nose. And my thing is, um, there's another report saying that Giannis lost faith in Griffin as the head coach. But my thing is, Giannis is your franchise player, right? You guys have his brother on the team. He's really not supposed to be on the team. You know what I mean? Y'all didn't, like, did he have faith when y'all first made him the coach? And what changed since then? And then they got a clip of Giannis um, drawing up a play on the bench last night. And, I mean, it's just, to me, it's just a messy situation because if you ask me, honestly, they should have never fired Budenhoser. No. First of all, Budenhoser, he won a ring with them. Let's talk won about a championship. Won a championship with them. All right, they didn't win it. You know, they, they didn't come back and win it the next year. And then, you know, we lost, we know they lost to the Heat last year, round one, which, you know, it looks bad. But when you really look at the reality of things, right, even though the Heat were the AC, everybody knows – they he, they're not an eighth seed. They, you know, what I mean, they had a rough regular season, but they come on. You know, when it comes time for the playoffs, that he can make a run against anybody. 
That's then Giannis, why. yeah. Oh, the, hold on. Yes, Giannis. That's what I'm about to say. Giannis yeah. got hurt for a couple games. Yeah. Then in the games he did play, where nobody talks about the free throws he missed. Giannis was terrible from the free throw line that series. That's not the coach's fault. The coach isn't shooting free throws for you, right? So I'm going to be honest. They should never fire Coach Bud. All right. I'm not saying he's the best coach, but they should never fire him for that. You don't fire him. You don't fire a championship coach because you lost round one to a Heat team. It's not like they lost to like a terrible team. They lost to the Heat. You could say they were the FC, sure, but we know what's up with the Heat. We know the reality. The Heat is a franchise that's that's going to give you a run no matter what seed they are. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So, and like I said, Giannis was bricking free throws. That's the reason. That's really the reason that he won injuries. And, you know, they were making tough shots. Yeah. But at the same time, Giannis was bricking free throws. Drew wasn't giving you much on the offensive end. And the defense he was playing, Jimmy Butler was shooting crazy shots right over him. You know what I mean? As a coach, what are you to do with that? As a coach, your job is to put your players in a position that's going to have them succeed. He put Drew on Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler made tough shots. Jimmy Butler is a primetime player. That's what primetime players do. do. Greek. You you tell him to go to the line, go to the rim. Well, you go to the rim, you're going to draw fouls. You have to knock down foul shots. It's that simple. They didn't do it. So you fired a coach because of that. And as far as the defensive side, it's like, okay, you have a backcourt of Damian Lillard and Malik Beasley, right? Neither of those guys are defenders. You know what's up with that. They're not playing D. But now, that's no knock on Malik Beasley because he's shooting, he's shooting great from the three-point line this season. Like For his role, he's doing a great job for his role. Yeah. But a backcourt of him and Dame – they're not. Yeah, yeah, you know what's up. You know what's up. And then, you know, they have great defense on the back end with Greek and Brooke, yeah. right? But you still need somebody that's going to stop point of attack. Who's going to stop these guards coming downhill? They need somebody that's going to do that. So, I don't know. I just feel like firing their coach just screams, like, confusion, dysfunction. We'll mm -hmm. see how it pans out. I'm not going to say they're done because I know what Dame and Greek can do. And it's still another half of the season left. But it's just a big question mark for me right now. I know one thing, Doc Rivers is never the answer. Like, <laughs> keep it a buck. Like, I mean, yes, we respect what he's done, right? You give up a 3-1 lead. We don't forget that. We know as Sixers fans and really watching these games, the frustrations of lack of adjustments, right? And how many, how many, look, I don't want to put too much on them, but listen, man, you've probably seen the clips on Twitter. How many come on guys can we can we hear from you? Like in the huddle. It's just not hitting. You know what I mean? And so there's just some culture where I feel like it's just recycled. You know what I mean? Just, just, I just don't understand it. You know what I mean? And so for them to think this is going to be a miracle worker situation, no, because the personnel, like we just said, the personnel is the personnel. Either you make a deal or your top two guys, when it comes down to it, that's what they got dinged for at the end of the day. You traded Drew Holiday, who was a well-respected defensive guy, perimeter, can guard one through five if need be. You traded that guy for Dame for a reason, and that was to give support, scoring support for Giannis. When it comes down to the playoffs, if the Bucs fell in their journey toward a championship, I guarantee you they're going to be looking at Dame and Giannis. Now, who's the coach? Looking at Dame and Giannis. Giannis, you're a champion. Dame, you're not a champion yet. You still got to prove yourself, too, in the playoffs now. Don't get it twisted. We're looking at you, too. And that's just, to me, that I mean that it's as simple as that when you're at this level for those two guys. Come playoff time, you are the leaders. And make no mistake about it, Adrian Griffin is not the coach for... Giannis has some saying, I'll say that. 
Like, like I want your to brother know. on that bench because of you. Right. I want to know, like, what really, what really took place? Because that's just an odd situation to me. Like, say what you want to say to their second seed, they're 30, 30 and 13. And first year with a coach, you, you changed up, you know, the team. You got Dan. You know what I mean? For, like, a team to come in and just implement that and still have a good record and be top two seed in their conference and be one of the best teams in the league, to be honest. That's that's good. Like, why are you going away from that? I feel like something more had to happen, and it'll probably come out, you know, later down the line. We'll see what happens. But that's that was strange to me for sure. It was an incident earlier. It was early this year. Terry Stotts was an assistant, and of course, he coached Dame in Portland. And Griffin and Stotts butted heads, and Stotts stepped down. And so the thinking is that Stotts was the guy that could actually talk to Dame and, and help him adjust to a new situation. Well, now Stotts is going, I'm reading here from Per The Athletic, along the way, league sources say Lillard has spent much of this season struggling with the way the Bucks function on the offensive end. While he had remained patient with coaches and teammates, there was an inevitable pressure on Griffin from the organization to make the most of Lillard's talent and the kind of way that validates the choice to part ways with Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen, and three first-round picks in order to land him. I mean, I, I don't. <laughs> okay, so there was there was pressure on Griffin from the organization to make the most of Lillard's talent. So from reading that and understanding that, they don't feel like Griffin did the most with Dame and what the Bucks do. Right? That's how. That's what I take from it. Okay. Cool. All right. I mean, my Say thing. What? My thing with that is, it's like. Say less. You have a 30 point. You have Giannis is averaging 31 right now, right? Dame is averaging 25. I, like he's not he's not the only player anymore. He's not going to average 30. And that's and that's okay. The main goal should be winning at this point. That's what the goal should be. It shouldn't be about, oh, we traded all these picks. Now we have to make sure Dame averages 30. No, we traded all these picks. I mean, we traded all these players. Now the goal should be we have to win. I don't get, I don't know. I don't get it. Dame has struggled with the way the Bucks function on the offensive end. I, I think it's just a two-way street. The coach just has to adjust and put you in the best position. But as the star player entering a new situation, you too have to adjust, especially when you're not the number one. This is Giannis's team. You too have to say, okay, how do I fit in this, right? And so this whole situation to me is just, once again, Doc Rivers ain't the answer. There's no miracle magic worker out here who is available right now. It's going to come down to Dame and Giannis figuring this thing out it's still a very like it's, it's halfway through the season of a major change for this team right like so that to me is in itself is a whole different different layer to this situation you know what i mean and so even before the season i felt like boston would be the bet would, would be the team to come out what's happening now with milwaukee i still feel the same honestly i feel like philly could take the bucks right now at this point um but once again, we got to see maybe Doc Rivers will work his magic, right? What are the odds of that? Do you, do you believe Doc Rivers is the answer for the Bucks, whatever the issue is? Uh, I don't know. I mean, to honestly, to me, it, what coach can you bring in that's going to drastically change that team? I keep coming back to it. Like to me, especially with basketball, it's a player. It's a player's thing. Coaches matter. Do not get me wrong. I'm not going to say coaches don't matter, but when we get to these playoffs. Right. And it comes down to it and the games are close in the fourth quarter. It's going to come down to what star is showing up. We saw the Bucks saw it themselves. And I feel like that's the reason why they traded for Dane. 
They played the Heat, and they say, yo, we was in all of these games, but the difference was Jimmy Butler was hitting crazy shots over us. What are we to do with that? That's not a coaching thing. Like, we got Jimmy Butler falling out of bounds, hitting threes over Drew Holiday. What is the coach supposed to – no coach – I don't care what coach you can get to, whoever you think the greatest coach ever was, Popovich, whoever, he's, it's nothing he can do with that. It was nothing Pop could do last night when it be dropped 70. You know what I mean? Like, it's – I don't I don't know. And, like, we, we already talked about defense at end. I don't think it's going to be Doc. I don't think it's going to be anybody that's going to come in there and make that team drastically better than what they already were this year. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, what they have is what they have, and the Stars is going to have to show up. Like, that's just what it is with me. I, I don't I don't know. Yeah. They're not I about mean, to have some coach coming there and they're about to run like this world class offense that we never seen before. We know what's Giannis is going to get his shots, Dame is going to get his shots, and everybody else is going to fall in line. Brooke Lopez is still going to be out shooting threes. Middleton, he's going to give it give out what he can give out. Beasley's going to be shooting threes. It's not like they're about to have some crazy masterful offense that we've never seen before. I don't I don't know it's about not, that. it's not rocket science. Giannis is going to go downhill, run into people, get calls, right? Am I lying? Right. Uh, Game is going to take threes from half court. Brooke Lopez is going to be on the corner. Yeah, Middleton is going to get what's left. And then Pat Connaughton may hit a couple. Campaign may have a hot streak a little bit every now and then. But we know what the main ingredients are. That's just that's just what it is. Right. <laughs> like like this 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 isn't this isn't rocket science. You know what I mean? And so yeah, I'm, look, I'm I'm interested to see how how this works out. Um, but right now I'm iffy on it. I'm really iffy on it. We're already we're seeing stories about Dane being frustrated with the offense. Like I'm iffy on it, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, we got about a few minutes left. I wrote down some random thoughts. We probably won't have time to like really get into them. Maybe next show before everything else happens. We talk about we talk about, about what happened with Cat last night <laughs> with the intervals before we he close. Up. Listen, listen, man. Cat scored sixty two. Shout out to him. You know. Um, I can't lie. I did not want him to get 70. I did not want him to upstage the big fella in Philly. You know how I feel about Minnesota as a as a as a as a team. Not not talking about Ant. I have no issues with Ant, but there are particular players on that roster where I've never been really fond of basketball-wise. But shout out to Cat for doing what he did. But you drop 16, you lose to the Hornets. I'm sorry. I can't. What you want me to say? Like you gotta. And it's it's only fitting how that game ended on an air ball from Cat. You know what I mean? Like, um, the coach Chris Finch was upset. He said they played immature basketball. They weren't trying to win. It was just yeah, he wasn't happy about it. Um, I understand the situation. I mean, you want to see your guy get as many points as possible. He had it going on. But in the fourth quarter, I watched some of the fourth quarter. Cat wasn't doing anything. Like he was forcing shots. It was it was rough. You know what I mean? And so. Yeah, like my, my thoughts on that is cat great individual performance. 62 points is not not easy to do. Um I just at the end of the day, it doesn't change my feelings on cat or the Timberwolves. I don't buy them. How many times do I do you, how many times do we have to see Rudy Gobert not be able to catch a rebound or a pass? He has the worst hands in the league. Um to me, Carl Anthony Towns can get on those those streaks, but at the end of the day, I feel like there's a limitation to what he can do and his impact on winning. Anthony Edwards, he's young, he's a budding superstar, but he still has to go through those steps that we talked about as well. He hasn't proven or had the opportunity yet to show those steps come playoff time. We'll see this year how they handle the expectations because as of now, they're not thinking about anybody. Like the, the light is on them now. Number one seed, you better prove it because the Thunder just went in there and beat y'all. I still believe in the Thunder more so than the Timberwolves. Um, 
that's my thought on Minnesota and what Cat did last night. Shout outs to you, but you lost to the Hornets. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely believe in OKC more. I just think that whole thing is just a testament to like what's going on in today's basketball, like this generation of basketball. And I'm young, so don't I don't want to sound like no old timer, <laughs> but I'm just gonna be real with y'all. It's too much worrying about stats, man. Like what just happened to winning? You know what I mean? And it, even Ant said it. He said, Yeah, we seen um he he has 60, so we wanted to see how how much he could get. I saw another quote, it was saying, um, the teammate was asking, the bench was asking how much Embiid he had so Cat could try to pass it. You're in a dogfight with the Hornets, bro. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? You need to worry about beating the Hornets. Now I'm gonna give I'm gonna be fair. Cat got fouled on his game, his his attempt for the game winner. He got fouled. They didn't call it, which was crazy. But that's a whole other topic. But I don't know, man. It's just like, bro, like we we know you got your buckets, but let's finish the game. Let's win the game. And I don't know, man. Like Ant kept it a bean. You know, he kept it a buck. He said, you know, we just didn't play. We weren't we weren't focused. You know, we weren't focused at all. We was just forcing Cat the ball. And I think it's also a testament to how much these players really don't care about the regular season. Because if that was a playoff game, they wouldn't dare do that. Well, I would hope not. I would hope they wouldn't do that. But because it's the regular season, you're playing Charlotte on a on a Monday night. Yeah, let's let's try to see how much Cat can score. Let's see if he can go for 70, 80, whatever. You know what I mean? And I just think it's just a bad look for the league. Like it's just it's just a testament. These players don't really care about the regular season, which is why we see players sitting out, which is why we say you keep it, you want to be real or not, players do take nights off. You know what I mean? It is you you know as a fan you don't want to say you don't want to hear that, but it's the truth. It's really what's going on, and we saw it last night. They sacrificed a win to see their teammate score, which is crazy because the goal should be to win, right? That should be the goal. But hey, it is what it is, right? Yeah. Um, Shots the cat, Minnesota. Still not buying them. <laughs> I refuse. Right at this point, they got show me. Really, you got to got to show me. Um, the Hawks need to give it up. The Bulls need to give it up. It's over. Those are a couple of thoughts that I just had. Just, just you pay attention to what's going on around the league. It's like, what, what are the Hawks really doing? You're seeing DeJounte Murray's name in the headlines. It's like, you know, at this point, tear it all down, honestly. Same with the Bulls. What are they doing? Like, I just, I don't get it. If they go past this deadline without making any moves as far as getting rid of DeRozan and Levine and giving up more Murray, like, to me, you're just you're, you're slapping the fans in the face. So to me, the Hawks and the Bulls, it's over. Give it up. Give it up. Yeah. So that was just my random thought for this week. Yeah, man. This is gonna be interesting to see how the rest of the season goes, man. Um NFL action this weekend. Shout out to the teams that's in it. My pick, I think it's gonna be Ravens Lions. That's what I think it's gonna be. Lions being Sam Fred. Yeah, the, I mean, the Niners, look, they should have lost to Green Bay. Hey. The thing about the Lions, they're going to get pressure just how Green Bay was able to get pressure, but they'll be able to capitalize more on offense, I think. Um, Jared Goff, hey, he's 0-5 against the Niners for his career. I saw the stat earlier. Anytime they put out a stat like that, they're going to get it done one time. He has to beat them once in his career. And I'm just not a believer in Brock Purdy, especially if Debo doesn't play. Just not a believer in him. He has to show me, and we'll see what happens with it. But um, I do think the Ravens are going to beat the Chiefs. That defense is, yeah, that defense is crazy. And Baltimore, the crowd is going to be crazy. Lamar's playing at a good level, but the Chiefs' defense is legit. That's going to be an interesting game. I feel like that game is going to come down to turnovers and third down stops and red zone stops. We'll see. 
I, now that the Eagles are out, I'm, I'm, I've always been a Lamar fan ever since, you know, his, his Louisville days. And so I'm rooting for him to do it. The NFC is about the overall team. The AFC is about the, the elite QBs. That's, that, that's, that's what these matchups are, right? Because I'm not high on Purdy or Goff, if we're being honest. But if Debo Samuel doesn't play, that's going to be huge for San Francisco. I will say that. Detroit's defense, that secondary, I think San Francisco can find some. I think they can go to work on that. Um, if I had to pick, though, I'm, I'm picking 49ers, Ravens. Yeah. But the Ravens Chiefs one, Mahomes, man, he's like, he has that Jordan effect on a game, man. You just never know. You never, we saw it last year in the Super Bowl. Like, he, he's that guy that I always got to give a pause to. But because I'm so pro Lamar Jackson, I want to see Baltimore do it. I'm going to pick Baltimore. Baltimore, San Francisco. Um, I think this is Lamar's time to do it. Lamar and Lamar wins the Super Bowl, MVP, regular season MVP. Great story. Yeah, Lamar's doing it. So, yeah. All right. Cool. We'll see you next time. Take it easy.